0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Good evening.
2: Uh, I can report as returning officer uh, that 359 ballots were cast. No spoiled ballots. That the vote in favour uh, of having confidence in Boris Johnson as leader was 211 votes, and the vote against was 148 votes. And therefore, I can announce that the Parliamentary Party
1: does have confidence. Yes, Boris Johnson has weathered the most recent storm of a no confidence vote in his leadership. But does this mean that the future is plain sailing for our Prime Minister? Or are choppy waters ahead? Well, I'm Chopper, Christopher Hope, Associate Editor for Politics at The Daily Telegraph. And this is Chopper's Politics. And with me to discuss what happened last night are two of the best people we have at The Telegraph for just this dissection the morning after. Camilla Tomney, our Associate Editor and Tony Diver, our Whitehall correspondent. Tony, to you first, what happened?
2: Well, I think the top line, Chris, is that Boris Johnson took a huge hit to his personal uh, authority as both as Prime Minister and as leader of the Conservative Party. 148 of his own MPs said that they didn't have confidence in his leadership versus 211 who said that they did so he won the vote he's through there doesn't need to be a leadership contest which is what we thought could happen but there were a lot more people who voted against him a lot more rebels than even a lot of the most optimistic people
1: against him thought Camilla Tomney on that point that Tony raises were you surprised by the scale of the numbers of uh, of his own MPs with no confidence in the Prime Minister
0: well I think he will have been surprised um, compared to Theresa May when she went into her confidence vote she knew that she was going to get over the line and what I found interesting was, was not necessarily the rebels that came out but the people who were supporting him being unwilling to admit to it so a lot of people didn't go on the record in advance of the votes saying that they would support him which is damning isn't it because if your own supporters aren't willing to say that in public what does it say as you as prime minister?
1: I thought yesterday morning that if more than 80 Tory MPs had no confidence in him that would be a problem that's the majority in the house of house of commons but 148 is extraordinary I mean, Camilla, what, what has happened in the past 10 days? Let's go back to Thursday, May the 26th, um, the last time Parliament sat. At that point, we must assume that fewer than 54 letters have been submitted to Graham Brady. Yes. Let's say it's 53. Between that date, that was about 10 days ago, 95 letters may have been submitted to Graham Brady, given the numbers who voted against Boris Johnson yes. last night. a dribble
0: became a deluge. So what
1: prompted the deluge? Loads
0: of reasons. And also why it was dangerous for Boris Johnson last night is it wasn't particularly coordinated. It's not a, along ideological lines. It's not like leave versus remain on the EU. Mm. It's actually leave versus remain on Boris Johnson's future. And a combination of factors, dissatisfaction with policy decisions, too much tax and spend, no Johnsonian vision, anger over party gate and particularly this changing of the ministerial code, fears over the privileges committee once again turning him over. This idea is becoming a vote loser, not a vote winner. And I think the booing at the Thanksgiving service at St Paul's was a t- tipping point Some for cheers, MPs. Some cheers, a lot of booing. Yeah, but it's a royal event with flag wavers. If you can't win over that crowd...
1: Tony Diver, do you agree with that? So is it the case, as Camilla says, that MPs went back from Parliament and met their constituents and thought, blimey, there's a problem here. I'm going to have to deal with this and put that into Graham Brady.
2: I think Camilla's right. And although it wasn't a fully coordinated campaign, it wasn't a campaign against Boris Johnson that had a shadow whipping operation working to whip up MPs. We know that there were people who aren't friends of the Prime Minister ringing round Tory MPs during the Whitson recess and saying, have you noticed that when you're in the fruit and veg aisle at Waitrose, the voters don't seem quite as happy as they were with you at the 2019 election? Can't you see how cross these people are? Can't you see that he's no longer this vote winner? He's not the electoral asset the Conservative Party he once was. And, you know, the thing we know about the Conservative Party, it is a vote-winning, election-winning machine. That's all it's there to do. As soon as MPs start to realise that's not happening, then they will start turning against him. I think as
0: well, they were at events over the Jubilee weekend and obviously seeing a lot of their constituents. And because Labour, remarkably, are only six points ahead, a lot of MPs have got it in their minds that the voters are still happy with the party just not happy with the leader and therefore that's why they've pivoted somewhat and are thinking hang on could we just still win in 2024 with somebody more reliable
1: we'll come to the who that might be later on uh Tony, i i'm gonna ask you you and me talking just louise listening in recording our words and camilla here did he win the office sweep
2: I didn't win the office sweep. Actually, um, one MP told me the rebels were putting around the number of 150 at about lunchtime yesterday, and I said, "Oh well, that, you know that's surely just expectation management. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure quite. that's not right." So I, I put 113 down on, on my on my card, yes. and turned out I should have should have listened to the rebels. What was I your number, I Miller? said
0: 135. No, I said not 120. So Gordon you, you Rayner went. was closest because he Rayner. said 150. Did he? Yes. Gordon Rain, look at that. I know, that's experience and wisdom for you. Exactly,
1: exactly. Before we move on from last night's vote, uh, Camilla Tomini, do you think there's any sense that Tory MPs have lost control of their marbles? By which I mean they look like they are trying to dump midway through a term of parliament before voters get a chance to vote an election winning leader who won twice in London in Labour territory who won a massive last majority in 2019 who had never been really been defeated in any actual proper election in May have fought a by-election at the beginning of his career but otherwise mm. he's an undefeated election winner who could shortly be consigned to the back benches yes. had the Tory MPs gone mad
0: I know but even Churchill lost an election after he <laughs> secured peacetime in Europe so um, you can't take anything for granted Part of me does believe the David Canzini thing. Can you imagine anyone else stepping off a Tory bus in the Red Wall? But then Deanna Davison in Bishop Auckland has said that she's come out against... Yeah, but she, she can't be coming out against the Prime Minister just on personal grounds. She must be speaking to voters on the ground. Having said that, you know, the booing at St Paul's is one thing. Keir Starmer turns up, he doesn't even elicit a response He's so vanilla. So you do have to wonder how the likes of Jeremy Hunt is going to play in somewhere like Bassett Law. I mean, this is the other thing. Yeah, of course, Boris Johnson's whole shtick is that he's a character politician. The trouble is people are seeing the flaws in his character at the moment rather than... The the good points. And even though domestically he's performed badly, but internationally, to be fair to him, and this plays well to the Tory fan base, you know, compared to Macron in France and Schultz in Germany, he's played a blinder on Ukraine.
1: But leaders never rewarded, are they, for doing the day job well? Theresa May did well in um, the Salisbury poisons, didn't she? And she did, she but then Brexit was
0: just so totemic. She couldn't get over that hurdle, and delaying and delaying the negotiations and then coming out with the softest form just wasn't going to work. What's notable about some of the contenders is none of them are big beasts or Brexiteers. And actually, if you're going to win the red wall over, you need arguably, I'd say, not only just a safe pair of hands, but somebody who is very leavish. And it's all very well Liz Truss, you know, repackaging herself as the next Margaret Thatcher. But she was a Remainer. So was Jeremy Hunt. A lot of these contenders aren't in the right camp.
1: <laughs> you're dying to write contenders. in the We are going to <laughs> come on to them. What happens <laughs> next, though, right now? What does number 10 do? Boris Johnson said last night, a win's a win. Is it
2: well, number 10 says that we need to get on from this distraction. They say the media is obsessed with this idea of the leadership, and now we just need to focus on policy. So we think there's going to be some sort of policy blitz. We think he's doing a big speech on Thursday on housing. But I mean, I think the problem, I think, for number 10 is that fine, you can announce a big policy blitz. You can say, let's get back to basics and, you know, do, mm. do the real bread and butter Tory stuff, the stuff that was in the manifesto. But the problem is the party's incredibly divided on this stuff. Mm. You've got half the party who's got a shopping list of stuff they want from number 10 that's all very expensive, and the other half of the party who wants Boris to do nothing more than just cut taxes and stop spending yeah, money. They'll, so. they'll
1: chuck some bones to the base. So Northern Ireland Protocol, probably tomorrow in the House of Commons, they'll publish a bill which might indicate a degree of uh, sorting out that issue in Northern Ireland. But, I mean, Colonel Tomlin, is this enough? As Tony says, these are, these are kind of policy areas moving around, but is it, does it get to the heart of the problem that MPs have with him?
0: Well, I think also we've got the by-elections coming at the end of the month which are going to prove pivotal. I note that CCHQ is massively managing expectations, saying it's going to be a disaster, hoping, like the local elections, they can say it's not as bad. As we feared, what we haven't really considered in this conversation is Boris Johnson's own personality. Linton Crosby was with him yesterday. Has he been told that there is still a good chance he will win this election? Because his psychology, the general election, yeah, the general election. Because his psychology. He won't go into anything he thinks he's going to lose. OK, he doesn't behave like that. He he won the mailty twice. He won the Brexit vote. He won the general election convincingly. Right. It still rankles that he didn't get a first from Oxford. OK, so he has to be convinced he's going to win in 2024. There's no way on earth he's going to spend the next 18 months taking an absolute kicking to be classified a loser in For two MPs years' For MPs who time. can't bear
1: him, to a large extent, four out of 10 Yeah, of like course.
0: So, that, so, so his psychology... I know we've all said he's going to be dragged out of Downing Street kicking and screaming, but we must consider the psyche of this man as well in all this. If he thinks he's going to lose, he's not going to go the distance.
1: You, will you resign?
2: Well, I slightly disagree with Camilla here actually. I don't I can't see Boris Johnson voluntarily standing down. I mean, what did he he was the he was the man who uh, said his life ambition was to be world king and loves nothing more than being in power. So um, it looks unlikely to me not Isn't it the case imminently.
1: though that he, he he wanted world king so much that he's got the job, he's got the throne and doesn't know what to do with it. He can't do anything with power. If you look at Gordon Brown it's a Gordon Brown analogy, he became Tony Blair in twenty nineteen, when he he built this coalition of support and he's got into power with no real idea of what he's there for, Camilla.
0: Well, and equally, I think we can agree that he was handed a hospital pass, pardon the pun, with COVID and indeed with this cost of living crisis. This is events though. I I know, if you refer back to Churchill, you know, challenging times make for great leadership and you either sink or you swim. And yes, I think he's faced a huge amount of adversity, not least nearly dying in 2020. But at the same time, you know, we're still waiting to find out what this man's vision is beyond the sound bites for the country, for post Brexit Britain. And, you know, at this point in mid term, you'd really expect Tories to be very, very sure of what the Prime Minister stands for, and they're not. No.
1: Tony, reshuffle. Now. Yes or no? Yes, I think there's going to be one.
2: There's going to be when? one this week. This week? Yeah, this week. I think Boris Johnson's got to stamp his authority on this party somehow. There are people in that cabinet who have not been as supportive of him as they perhaps could have been. There are some of who've come out and waved the flag yesterday. There are some yeah, some concerns about some junior ministers. And there are also a lot of people on the backbenches we were hearing yesterday, who've been promised jobs by Number 10 if they supported the Prime Minister in the vote. So yeah, Number 10's got to fulfil that somehow.
1: Camilla, risky?
0: I don't know if I agree with Tony on this one because... He's got the payroll in support. It would be a bit of a slap in the face after yesterday's vote to then... Strip some of them of their responsibilities. Create
1: enemies on the backbenches. Well, more indeed. Enemies. I
0: mean, I do get this idea about promoting more in the 2019. You know, how do you keep the 2019 in line? I mean, they've all got such different that's priorities. That's the third of the backbench
1: yeah. that's why it's so important. And like,
0: who are you going to be keeping happy? The red wall. Well, what about those um, MPs in the south who are worried about the Lib Dems eating oh, into their votes? Who do you reshuffle to, Chris? Is the question.
1: So the rebel. What do the rebels do next? Now you've mentioned there, uh, Camilla Tommy, how they come from all, all, all parts of the party, and there's no actual leader. I, was, I saw last night how there were three government tellers on one door, one on the exit door, but no actual tellers for the rebels. Because rebels are not really a formed group of any, of any one contiguous gang of people.
0: Um, yes, you're right. There's no coordination or cohesion. I think there are small pockets forming of support, you know, some of the military types perhaps around, around Tugendhat. Or Ben Wallace. Or Ben Wallace. Yeah, the dark horse of all this. Or indeed even Penny Mordant. She's quite popular at the moment because she's done very well at the dispatch box. You've then got Jeremy Hunt absolutely sort of front and centre of any leadership race because he's already put his cards on the table. Rishi Sunak sort of disappearing into the oblivion because of his own problems with the non-DOM staff. So he's fallen by the wayside. I mean, anything could happen, but it's difficult, isn't it, Tony, to campaign while the Prime Minister's still in place?
1: Well, you can't do it. It can't happen. And Jeremy Hunt's team is saying they aren't doing it even though that may not be the case entirely. Tony?
0: Yeah, I think the other... Well,
2: the thing is here, it's especially difficult to campaign against a Prime Minister if you're still in the Cabinet, which, you know, <laughs> yes. about four of the people that we think might run for Tory mm-hmm. leader still are. So, really, the point this race really kicks off and the point it is really sort of endgame time for Boris Johnson is when his own Cabinet Minister's turning against... When they start you. resigning. Well, exactly. And and so far, you know, it's very easy for Jeremy Hunt to start doing leadership manoeuvring because he's on the back benches. He's got no responsibility. Well, he has first
1: mover advantage. and In fact, he has an issue with the, the base who don't trust him on key areas like... Brexit and, and tax and spend, so he has to move first to get ahead of the rivals who are piling behind him. That's why he maybe showed some leg into yesterday. I'm going to give you another name for leadership. Swell the Just put it out there. Oh, Leave interesting. It out there. Park it out there. I've got park it out there. I mean, that's wow. worth uh, worth. Uh, worth an outside Tobias bet. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, no, 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 no. Tobias <laughs> might win.
0: I just want to put something out there. If I go may. on, say it. David Davis. He's 70. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's no, go, let's, no, go no. let's go long. Uh, my understanding is that he could be projected as the safe pair of hands Brexit candidate. Who are the big beasts, really? Him and IDS. And IDS has nailed his colours to the Johnson mask because he was his campaign manager. I just think it's interesting. We're talking about a lot of younger and very inexperienced characters. And actually, isn't the mm. country crying out for a grown up?
2: Well, maybe uh, maybe Boris Johnson's forced from office, and David Davis is a sort of uh, caretaker. interim caretaker prime minister. Michael Howard I mean, figure. Yeah, he, over, what
1: he oversees. What do the rebels it? do? These rebels, different groups of rebels, the the 148. What do they do next?
0: Continue to have conversations. I think is what it's called. Plot.
1: Tony, yes, I think that's
2: it. I think until until cabinet ministers start deciding that they're going to mobilise it's very difficult to see where they go unless unless they're all massive Jeremy Hunt fans So yeah that's
0: the point about Jeremy Hunt I mean I like the Prime Minister trying to be very upbeat and saying oh well I've actually got more support than I got when I ran as leader Well <laughs> to be fair to him he's got a lot more support than Jeremy Hunt ever had when he was running as leader This now you know the recrowning of Jeremy Hunt everyone's favourite Tory leadership no. candidate how the hell has that happened? Well
1: I do know he's in talks with Brexiteer cabinet ministers trying to get some across to his team he need, he's got to deal with that, you have got to launder know, the issue of Remain about him.
0: Dorey's is slightly hysterical attack on him yesterday. The, uh, yes, you know, I uh, don't think that that's not going to be weaponised by Labour. Of course, they'll make the same criticisms well, if they're going sitting, up yeah. against him and saying, "Where was your pandemic preparedness?"
1: Well, I mean, Tony, Labour sitting there like a, like a boxer in a boxing ring, watching the opponent smash themselves in the face with their boxing gloves, aren't they? Tony well, Dive? exactly. I had a, there was one Labour source that
2: I was talking to all day yesterday, who was sending as I was trying to write stories for the paper about what the Tories were doing, was sending me streams of messages saying. This is the best day ever. We're having such a good time. We're sat around in in Labour HQ just watching the Tories taking chunks yeah. out of each other. I mean, yeah, it is an just absolute gift.
0: Sit back and just if watch you, it happen. If happens. you
1: take a helicopter view, what's going on? Just finally, Camilla, Tominy and Tony Diver. Isn't the problem here with Boris Johnson's leadership? Is he was so successful in 2019, fueled by Brexit, fueled by um, a left wing Labour leader who was really anathema to a lot of the of the of Labour supporters and Tory supporters, that he now finds he can't ride these two parties, one which looks after the south of England and one which pushes hard into the north. Yeah. And that is pulling the party apart.
0: You could argue, perhaps, that he is the cometh the hour, cometh the man candidate. But an hour is an hour and a week is a long time in politics.
1: And how does you ride those two horses, Tony Diver? How do you deal with the issue of sorting out the north and the south for, for the Tory party?
2: Well, I think he genuinely has to pick one or the other. I think that I think at the next election, the Tory party has to decide, are we going to try and hold on to these 2019 Red Wall gains? Or actually, do we care more about well, they the Tory
1: Party? Well, there's an 80-20 strategy to hold on to 80, 80 80 seats that are marginal and win 20 more. That's what they're saying.
2: Yeah, but I mean, are they going to, you know, if you end up losing Dominic Raab's seat in the South, that's far more damaging, I think. But
0: if they got back to just basic Tory principles, low tax, driving growth, supporting businesses, supporting grammar schools, being tough on law and order, you're going to appeal to your Amersham and Cheshams as much as you are your Bishop Auckland's and your Bassett laws. It's basic stuff. People will be listening to this podcast our readers could write a better manifesto right now than government, and that's the problem here.
1: Can we pause there for a the round of applause for Camilla Tomine? Thank you. Loud?
0: Thank you very much.
1: Tony Diver, will Boris Johnson fight the next election, yes or no?
2: I think he will. I think he'll still be there.
1: Camilla Tomine?
0: I'm doubtful, I've got to be honest. Big dog, maybe gnawing on his last bone.
1: On that note, thank you for joining us. Tony Diver, our Whitehall correspondent and the brilliant Camilla Tomney, our associate editor, come back again. We will. We will. We're loving it. Well, that's all for this week, listeners. If you'd like to send your thoughts on Boris Johnson's future, please email me, chopperspolitics at telegraph.co.uk, or on Twitter, we're at chopperspodcast. For more top analysis from Camilla, Tony and myself, why not become a Telegraph subscriber, if you're not one already? Please go to telegraph.co.uk forward slash chopper to get your first month's access completely free of charge. And you can also sign up to my Choppers Politics newsletter for more Westminster insights straight into your email inbox every weekday. Sign up by going to telegraph.co.uk forward slash politics newsletter. As easy as that. Thank you to my guests this week, Camilla Tomney and Tony Diver. Thank you to my producers, Louisa Wales, Giles Gear, and Theodora Luludis. And as ever, thank you to you for listening. We'll be back soon with another podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and do remember to tune in. And finally, always do buy a copy of the Daily Telegraph if you can. I know you won't regret it. Until next time, though, cheerio.